So the Cheez It Bowl people were not at the LSU game, to my knowledge. They were not following me around. I know we were all a little bit maybe intrigued, but also concerned, but can confirm the Cheez It Bowl is no longer following the Auburn football tigers around. Um, Cheez It Bowl, of course, we talked about this on the last episode, is now the Citrus Bowl, same level. So it's understandable that they would not be at the Auburn game. I mean, I guess it could have made sense that they were at the LSU game, but I digress. We're also in everything school. They're not going to keep them off the field tonight. War Eagle. Hey, 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 and welcome on in to the Patrick Party Podcast. On this Thursday, October 19th, middle of the football season, middle of the fall edition. It's starting to feel like fall here in Auburn. And I mean, I'll be honest with you. I Actually, it's kind of funny. So a tweet came out. Apparently, Auburn sent out this thing. And they were like, per some company or organization on TikTok, Auburn has the best dress fans, and everyone was like, oh, yay, that doesn't really matter for anything, but exciting, right? And so I retweeted it and was trying to be funny, and I don't think anyone thought it was funny, but I do actually plan out what I'm going to wear to most of the games in the off season. Before I see the weather, I just kind of already have an idea, and I had an idea for this whole Miss game, and I was pretty pumped about it. And then you check the weather, and it is going to be a little chilly in Auburn on Saturday with um, PerWeatherChannel.com, not a sponsor. Um, a high of 77, a low of 53. It's going to be a mostly sunny day, so it should be gorgeous weather. But, you know, it could be a little windy at nighttime. The sun will start to set right at about kickoff, and it could get a little chilly. And I think it's one of those things where if you come prepared... And, you know, you wear what you want to wear at tailgate, but you bring your big coat to the game, you won't have a problem. But if you're like several of our friends in um, the student section, if you wear a shorter skirt and then don't realize that's going to get colder, you're not going to want to be there for very long. So dress warm. I will be too. I have no idea what I'm going to wear. And you know what? We'll just kind of... We'll go from there, but let's go ahead and get on into it. Um, let's start with the game in Baton Rouge. We won't go on forever about that because that's been exhausted really at this point, and it's, uh, for most Auburn fans, kind of depressing. But Auburn, a 30-point loss on the road in Tiger Stadium. You know, pretty much everything we said, this doesn't need to happen if Auburn wants a chance to win. Did in the first couple of minutes. Um LSU races off to that 17 to nothing lead. Auburn goes three and out on its first two or three drives. I mean, the first drive, there were two fumbles with the snap, and Free said in the press conference this week, and he said, um, even post-game, I believe, he was like, look, it's kind of weird that we were struggling with snap counts and claps and stuff because we, we didn't struggle with it the rest of the game. So, like, there's no... Like, I don't understand why that, like, was only a problem then and then wasn't anymore after that. But all in all, just, I mean, LSU pretty much went to score out mode and Auburn could not keep track with them. And that was what we said going into the game. This is the game Auburn can't win. And, I mean, I think, I think it, it, yeah, it, people have talked about the defense and it's been disappointing. And I think all of that is, very valid 
But I would say, I just, I can't help but just kind of question what was going on on the offense. I think this point's been exhausted too, but everyone's been like, well, you had two weeks to prepare and this is what you looked like coming out of the bye week and it almost feels like you had less momentum than you did. Well, you definitely have less momentum after the Georgia game. But it feels like you took all that momentum from the Georgia game and like potentially positive energy and just kind of flushed it down the toilet. And I'll say this. There's a lot of different conversations I think we got to have about the offense and involving, you know, the quarterback position as well. Um, I, I, I will say you kind of are immediately thrown out of your playbook and out of your plan when you're immediately down 17 to nothing. Like that, that you you know, like you can't run the ball. Like Auburn's whole thing was like keep the ball away, run the ball, kill time. Well, when you're down seventeen nothing, that can't be your strategy. And does is that even going to work against a team like LSU when they can score in four plays anyways? Like they don't need that much time, you know. And Auburn's defense definitely settled in um, towards the uh, really the second quarter and. I, I don't think Auburn ever was going to win this game. And I even said that really beforehand. I, I did not pick Auburn. But Auburn had a chance to make it closer and, you know, to have the same feel against Georgia. Not like the same feel because they had a lead and they could have beaten Georgia. But have a feel of like, all right, like we're competing with these guys. Auburn was not competitive in this game. And really it it, it showed. And, I, I mean, I'll just say like they – yeah, they they weren't competitive. Um, let's talk about the offense first, and let's just go ahead and go into the quarterback discussion because I know it's something that like here we are going into week eight and we are still discussing what to do with the quarterback. And I'll say this: I think there's a couple ways to look at it. Um, so obviously we have Peyton, Robbie, and Holden. Holden can't seem to be the option now. It just, I, I, I would be so shocked. Um, he has not really gotten the reps in practice. Hadn't really gotten the reps. Obviously, hadn't gotten the reps in the game. I just, like, let's, that's probably not an option. So now we have Robbie and Peyton. And Free said, I'll tell you what Free said in the press conference. He was like, look, like, we're going to play both of them. And there's not going to be any drastic personnel changes. So just go ahead and know, like, that is what's happening. And I, I don't think he's, like, trying to pull anyone's leg or get a competitive. Like, I think he's being honest. And I'll say this. For Peyton, he can obviously throw the ball. Well, it's one of those things where it's like the whole crutch for Peyton this whole time is he can throw the ball better than uh, Ashford, but he has still const- like struggled to throw. And, I mean, Auburn is statistically against Power 5 opponents almost as bad or as bad in some instances as Iowa. If you like want like a framework for like how bad the, the passing attack has been for Auburn in this offense. And uh, yes, there's a talent mismatch. Yes. The receivers are struggling and are not up to par, but at the same time, I don't think it should have to look this bad. Like no one else is like looking this bad. And I, I, I don't want to get into the whole comparison game, but Thorne has just really struggled with, at times, his accuracy. But even when he places it there, their struggles have struggled. I think it's a, you know, it takes two to tango. 
Thorne has ran it much better than uh, Ashford. But here's the thing. When they put Ashford in, if you go back and watch the plays, they're running the same couple sets with him. Like when, when Free says Ashford has his package, Ashford has his package. Ashford has not been running the whole offense at any point. He's been running his package. And they just don't feel comfortable him throwing on third and long. And or that play might just not be in the package. And so that's why they keep bringing Thorne out. Everyone is siding how atrocious. And I'll admit it did not look good when Ashford got two or three first downs in the first half. They put Thorne in three and out we punt. Um, and so I think most people's argument for Ashford is, well, the, the passing game can't really get that much worse. Why not at least put someone in that we think can run the ball? Let's go run centric. Of course, everyone's like, well, remember last year when we did that with Cadillac? And yes, I get it. Here is kind of the, the, the push pull. So there's two kind of, I think, ways to go about this. Clearly what Auburn's doing is not working. And Frieza said that. Everyone has said that. Like, what Auburn is doing is not working. What Auburn's running right now is not the Freeze offense. Frieza said, look, I do the I, I, I am sitting where I'm sitting because of the RPO game and the tempo game. And I feel like we can't do the tempo game because our defense is so thin. I would wear them out. We can't have people like Marcus Harris. He literally says in the press conference, he's like, I can't have people like Marcus Harris going 80 snaps. But at the same time, the offense has looked its best when it's what? Running tempo. And then Auburn can't really – Auburn's not built to do the RPO game that Freeze's offense is known for. But you can start to get into the thing of, does Auburn – and I mean, like Auburn, say what you want about the Auburn offense. They are not running the classic Hugh Freeze offense. They're not running the classic Philip Montgomery offense. They're running this weird blend where they're trying to install a system but cater to the current talent. And so I think some people are just frustrated, like, why don't we just run the ball – that would be completely going away from the freeze offense. And maybe it's one of those things where, like, yeah, Auburn doesn't need to be as married to this, and they just need to do what they can to win right now. And people made the argument, well, if you go super run-centric, is that going to potentially hurt recruiting with receivers? I don't think that's the case because how hard is it to tell a receiver, go watch our games? I mean, our receivers are struggling. We are not built to run this. That's why we're recruiting you so that we can ultimately run the freeze offense. We don't want to be doing this forever, right? But at the same time, I I mean, I guess other schools can use that recruit against you, but this is just maybe my viewpoint, but I think the best recruiting tool is winning. And let's be, let's be clear. The last three, I think you can so easily break this Auburn season into sections. And we've done the like, the three games you shouldn't, you probably shouldn't win. The six games you, it's a toss up, and the three games you should win. Also, just the way the schedule lays out, the first three games Auburn should have won, right? Um, UMass, Cal, Sanford, like Auburn should have won all those three games. The next three games, A and M, Georgia, LSU, Auburn probably wasn't going to win any of those games. So if you had told me Auburn sitting at three and three at this point, yeah, that was very likely. the The, the record is not shocking. I think what people are upset about is how Auburn has looked offensively specifically. And what's been interesting is I was talking, I was listening to someone they're like, well, it'd be so, you know, if you, how different would the perception be if you turned you, know, you the way Auburn played each game, you, you switched the order and Auburn had their LSU game against A&M and then Auburn had their A&M game against Georgia and Auburn had their Georgia game against LSU. And it's like, clearly they're building, they're improving, they're getting better. Now they get to come home and play all Miss where it almost feels like Auburn has gotten worse. And, I, I, I mean, I'll just say, I think, yes, playing at home and playing on the road, I think that, that kind of storyline of Auburn's two different teams, I do think that's 
somewhat accurate, uh, maybe even in a year one, I think just playing at home. I, I'm be honest, I don't really buy into all the Jordan Hare Stadium magic stuff. I, I think every team plays better at home. That's got to be a stat somewhere. I mean, it, I think that's just you're more comfortable. Like you practice there. It's your fans, obviously. I mean, like some teams, I guess you could say, have maybe more of a home field. Well, yes, definitely have a, more of a home field advantage than others. But I just I think that can be a little bit overdone sometimes. And I, it's whatever. I don't care. But I'll say this. It's one of those things where it's like Auburn was just not built to beat an LSU. And that's kind of where I'm starting to feel towards this Ole Miss game. And we'll talk about that in a second. But that would have been a good segue. Georgia isn't trying to light everyone up on the scoreboard. You know, they're trying to, you know, they're they're not built to have this high-flying shootout offense. Like, that's not Georgia's game. And so Auburn can compete with that, right? If a team goes up fourteen to nothing against Auburn, it honestly feels like like it, it is a tall task for Auburn to score fourteen points at sometimes. And I mean, you look at the point total totals and Auburn's Power Five games, um, and I'll pull it up real quick. But they are all in the teens currently. Let's start with Cal was the first Power Five game of the year. And that was 14 points in a win. Against AM, Auburn had 10. Against George, Auburn had 20. Against LSU, Auburn had 18. Um, Auburn plays Ole Miss on Saturday. And, you know, it's one of those things where if Ole Miss gets off to a hot lead, it almost feels like you can pack it up. I've also said all season, the second you see Auburn trying to search on offense and keep switching quarterbacks in and out, and it's clear they don't know what they're doing. I mean, might as well say game over. Like, that—that that is not a position Auburn wants to be in. And so I, I, I kind of come back to my point of, yes, 3-3 three and three is not fun. 3-3 three and three is never the goal, obviously. But you can't tell me when you looked at the schedule and you were mapping it out, you did not see Auburn in a 3-3 three and three at best 4-2 and two kind of position going into the Ole Miss game. Like, there was just no other – like, there – there was no other way like it just and i'll say this for the the tough stretch auburn has played Ole miss is good where uh, auburn has a very winnable next stretch going into the iron bowl after Ole miss auburn plays mississippi state at home at vanderbilt not to play the schedule game but at vanderbilt at arkansas new mexico state those are the teams right now that you're competing against where you can go from bottom of SEC West to that second tier behind some of the big boys that you're still trying to build up to play. And I mean, I will say this, given Auburn's current position and where they've been the last couple of years and, you know, until they can get, you know, the recruiting in and everything like that. Yes. Auburn wants to compare itself to the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Georgias of the world. But I think right now how important it is, is that, to just reestablish that you're ahead of the Mississippis, the Vanderbilts, the Arkansas um, of the world. Now I know the West is going away, and so that kind of changes that whole dynamic. But all to say, what does Auburn's offense do? I, this is how we got on the tangent. What does Auburn's offense do on Saturday? I can't. Uh oh, Lane Train's coming in town. Maybe you heard that. There's a train. Um, that's my cue to you know start talking about Ole Miss. But what does Auburn do on Saturday? 
Frieza said, I think they're just going to do the same thing, and that might frustrate you. But I don't think Robbie's going to run the offense. I Personally, yeah, that probably is the best scenario because I, I, I think the only way this team is really built to win right now is being run-centric and maybe pop a pass versus what they're doing now because I don't think they're built to do it. I think the biggest thing against Ole Miss is if you can get off to a big start, it's just playing keep away and not letting that Ole Miss offense have chances to take shots. And I'll say this. I was watching – I watched Ole Miss's film against Alabama, all their offensive plays against Alabama, and all their offensive plays against LSU. And what was – so my whole kind of thing was, like, what did Alabama do to stop them? Like, what was it, right? Obviously, the Alabama game was in Tuscaloosa. The LSU game was in Oxford, and the results are different. But Alabama – defensive line was dominating that game and they were able to get home and put uh jackson dart in tough situations number two they stopped the run quinchard Jenkins, after like the first drive and a little bit late in the fourth quarter when it didn't really matter he was not getting more than two or three or maybe four maybe four yards on a play auburn alabama shut that run down lsu they weren't able to get home Ole Miss was able to – it's almost like with Ole Miss, it's interesting. I feel like they almost do both. But it felt against LSU, they were passing to set up these big gaping holes for Quinshaw Jenkins to run, and then he has this huge day. If Auburn can stop the run and get home, and I know that Ron Roberts likes to do his delayed blitz packages and stuff like that, but it's one of those things where it's like, you got to get home and you got to get home fast because it, it, it feels a lot like what we were talking about with this Jaden Daniels thing is if you if you're blitzing and you're not in his face really quickly you're dead in the water because somebody's open somewhere and if you just don't rush and sit back he's got all day a receiver's going to get open or he's going to run it's very much similar Daniels better runner than Dart but still the point still stands and it it you better believe Lane Kiffin, especially with all the flirtation with Auburn in this job. And we, we hadn't even talked about all the 18 storylines going into this game um, between Auburn and Ole Miss. But um, you better believe he's going to be in his bag and be ready to call some plays. I, I just I think for this Auburn offense, I, I think it's going to be more of the same. I will say it was interesting. Caleb Burton finally starting to get in the rotation. He, he, I mean, he played for the first time really on Saturday, had catches in the first couple series, was the presence. Also, Camden Brown. It's I think it's just Auburn. They are searching at that wide receiver position, and anybody that can make an impact, you know, they're gonna they're gonna put it they're gonna put them in and try and make it work. I also say it's so interesting the running back position. Auburn. It just feels like Auburn has not run the ball. Um, in these last couple of games. And Jarquez has struggled. Jarquez has not been what you think about when you say Jarquez Hunter. I, I might argue Brian Batie and Jeremiah Cobb might be Auburn's top two running backs. I know DeBarge hurt. He was my favorite before him. So, certainly should be interesting storylines. I mean, so many. Freeze did mention that, you know, he did already play Ole Miss when he was at Liberty. They went and played up in Oxford. So that whole storyline of his first time against Ole Miss, that is inaccurate. Um, he has played Ole Miss before. Yes, it's different. It's in the SEC. It's at home. Like, it, whole thing. Ole Miss has not won in Jordan-Hare Stadium. And back there, won against Auburn. My bad. Auburn, Jordan, or, whoa. 
Ole Miss has not won back-to-back games against Auburn in like 70-something years. So context there. Also, Ole Miss has only ever won the state of Alabama. They've beaten Auburn like 11 times total. Um, They've beaten Auburn and Alabama a total of 21 times like in history. Um, So like Auburn and Alabama have been a struggle for Ole Miss. Auburn has dominated this series. Uh, Of course, Ole Miss is 13 and Auburn is coming off of all the harsh and stuff and trying to build with Hugh Freeze. Um, of course, we all know the Hugh Freeze history and saga with Ole Miss. Um, so there's a lot of storylines on both sides. I think this should be a really fun um, matchup between these two teams. I will say I was listening to Kiffin's press conference on the other day, and I had forgotten Kiffin has gone up against this defense before. He, they played Ron Roberts, and the Ron Roberts um, – I forget. I'm forgetting Baylor's coach right now, his name. But Ron Roberts was the Baylor's defense coordinator when they played Ole Miss in that Sugar Bowl and actually beat Ole Miss. Now, um, Matt Corral, Ole Miss's quarterback, star quarterback from the 21 season, did get hurt like the first couple series, and that kind of took him out of it. So you know, can you can't that that's not really the, you know that in a bowl game too. I, but he has played them before. He schemed up against them before, so he should be a little bit familiar with what Auburn's trying to do certainly going to be in their film on Auburn. I mean, like Auburn's played six games now, but how big could a win for Auburn be against Ole Miss? I think it could be monumental. I mean, if Auburn gets the win against Ole Miss, I don't just want to say the next four are automatic wins. I think state state, you feel pretty good about two thirty next Saturday at Vanderbilt. It's one of those things for me where it's like, if you're an Auburn fan, I wouldn't feel comfortable about that. Not that I think Auburn's going to lose, but how many times have we seen Auburn play a weird game in Nashville in several sports? Arkansas on the road. Arkansas's just been so weird. I've said if there's a SEC head coach that was on head coaching watch, it is Sam Pittman. And I hate to say that because he seems like a nice guy, but like it's just one of those things where I'm like, it, this is not trending in a good place. But Auburn should win that game. Auburn should beat New Mexico State. If Auburn could beat Ole Miss, like, Auburn really could. Let's see, that's – I mean, Auburn could have eight wins going into the Iron Bowl. And that sounds nuts to say right now at 3-3. Three and three. And I'm not saying Auburn's winning on Saturday. I'll make that pick later. But how big of a – you want to talk about, like, a turn – and I, turn the season around sounds so dramatic because no one was ever acting like Auburn was going to the national championship game. Like, this is very much a building in year one. But, like, this is certainly an opportunity, certainly a big opportunity at home. It should be a really fun atmosphere. I'm sure they'll have all the light shows and everything going down um, between Auburn and Ole Miss this Saturday. Dress warm. Um, should be a fun day of tailgating for everyone. A great day in the sport of college football. Um, you can, of course, see that on our national TV board. We'll go ahead and go into our announcements. Of course, this is our podcast. You found us. You made it this far. Congratulations, or I'm sorry. Coming out on Friday, we will have um, our email newsletter. You can sign up for that for free on patrickparty.com on the home page. Within that newsletter encompasses everything that we do for an entire week. That includes our preview story that will be made available on patrickparty.com. That one should be a lot of fun to read it has a link to our podcast you've already found that 
it has a link to our national TV board where we chart out every linear nationally televised college football game and put it on one you know PDF that you can print out and watch the games all at home. Granted, these weeks are always not as good for the TV board numbers because most people are out tailgating or going to the game rather than sitting at home watching games all day. But it should be fun. A lot of notable matchups. Penn State, Ohio State, Tennessee, Alabama, Utah, USC, um, of course, Auburn and Ole Miss. And that's about it for Clemson, Miami, I think is pretty interesting. There's several I think are interesting. We'll break it all down on Patrick Party pregame, which will be on Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Central Standard God's time. Back from Auburn, we had our show last week on the road and jackson square a lot of fun um then made our picks on um from the campus of lsu beautiful campus by the way the trees were gorgeous like sincerely they were it was so beautiful um did not eat a corn dog though on campus at lsu so i apologize to everyone that that's on me i'll take that one um and then our picks will be made available. They'll debut on pregame. Should be a really fun show. So much to talk about. And um, that's pretty much. Oh, Patrick's picks. You can participate in the Patrick Party Pick'em on patrickparty.com. So the link is always in the newsletter, right? But then you can also play along at home. Um, very easy to fill it out. We always announce the winner of the week before on the current week's newsletter. Um, it's a lot of fun. We had our best participation we've ever had um, this past week. So certainly fill those out. Should be a lot of fun. Several fun games and hard games to pick as well. So I highly encourage you to do that as well. I'll also have, just for context, I will have a preview story out on the Plainsman talking about this Auburn Ole Miss game. I think that'll come out on Friday. So a lot of fun coverage leading up to this one. Should be a really fun Saturday in Auburn. I think we're all hoping for a really good game. And whether Auburn wins or loses in this one, I think it's safe to say, like, as long as you don't, like, get your doors blown off, which is, I know what Kiffin wants to do, and just given everything, and it would look really good for him. If Auburn can at least just show life kind of have the same vibe coming out of that Georgia game like they did or the you know the vibe they had at the Georgia game coming out of that against Ole Miss it's one of those things where like you're about to go into a stretch where like you can win some games and things can get better and you can really start to establish yourself in what you want to be um huge recruiting weekend as well for Auburn so should be a lot of fun um so we'll break down this Auburn Ole Miss matchup in even more detail on Patrick Party pregame this upcoming Saturday. Should be a really fun show from Auburn. So much to talk about with this Auburn Ole Miss. Uh, for the final time, you know, Auburn doesn't play. We talked about it so much with the LSU series, but Auburn doesn't play Ole Miss or Mississippi State next season either. First time Auburn hadn't played those three opponents in like a very several generations of lifetimes. So Enjoy it while you can. It's a fun classic SEC West matchup for the final time. And Auburn and Ole Miss and Auburn LSU and Auburn Mississippi State will play again. But it's kind of like that title we had of our last preview for the LSU game. It's until we meet again. So 
Should be a really fun Saturday in Auburn. Of course, we'll do the whole thing again um, with all of our coverage next week's show. Should be a lot of fun. That's pretty much it from our podcast going out right at about 30 minutes. So we made it, folks. We are out of here.